I gratefully acknowledge the Masque, Kwantlen, Katsi, and Siniamu First Nations on whose unceded territories I am privileged to live, work, and play. Welcome to Teach Reach, a podcast with Tongi. Yeah, you read that right. Another episode with another Olivier. Please, producer, cue DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. I could have an entire season of this podcast with Olivier's. But this episode was a long time coming. Olivier Day is a close friend, but more importantly, a mentor. This podcast, Teach Reach, would not have been possible without his unconditional support, guidance, and generosity. Olivier is an avid photographer, a captivating storyteller, an amazing father, a supportive husband, a passionate mental health advocate, and a professional podcaster. Really, a true Renaissance man. There is a truth circulating in the podcast world from Chris Williamson that goes as follows. 90% of podcasts launch don't make it past episode 3. Of the 10% that make it past episode 3, 90% don't make it past episode 20. So simply by producing 21 podcasts, you are in the top percentile of all podcasters ever. Well, Olivier's podcast, Awaken the Awesome, is at episode 156. You can understand why I need to have a brother like him on my podcast journey. Not only in the sheer number, but also when it comes to topics that he covers on his podcast, Olivier is a fountain of wisdom. During this episode, he geeks out with our producer Ian Lamb, offers his kind view on what it means to be vulnerable, to be available for your family, his view on fatherhood and manhood, and how to tell yourself the truth, to unlock your awesomeness. Olivier invites us to do better every day. Also, as Haitians, it was inevitable not to talk about Haiti and touch on how we process events related to our motherland. It was a delightful right, no, conversation and an absolute honor to have okay, such a so good dude on the show. So you can't record if we're recording? Uh, I don't think he No, I don't think he can. I oh, or maybe so. I don't know if unless if you give me am I a host? Allow allow to record local yeah. files. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Let me give you I give you permission right now so okay, you should be able let me to. see. Okay, I'll host allows recording the meeting. I'm going to click this. Okay, so I'm recording here. Got it. Oh, okay. Boom. Yeah, we seem to be. So once this is done, whatever copy I have, I send it to you guys. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's okay. that. That we, looks fine. We may do some pickups at the end. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, hey, say the say the word that mm-hmm. kind of like came out weird. Mm-hmm. Um. But and I'll splice those in, but sure. otherwise, like yeah, we're we're sure. I'll give you the NPR tricks. No, no issues. <laughs> no issues. No issues. No issues. All right. So I got okay. So once that I can do that, uh, and yeah, okay. One thing. Yeah. That, the thing about Zoom that I realized over time, this is just me. Um, this is just through practice. 
the thing about zoom mm-hmm. i noticed for a long period i'm not sure if you've experienced this with previous recordings when you do too much since zoom was not made for podcasting what happens often with long ass video recordings at some point bandwidth it's gonna happen like those splice you know when you're gonna become all cyborg and stuff it happens i don't know yeah. why zoom does that a short call fine or just a basic conferencing call not a problem but once you i don't know if it's because of the recording or the bandwidth or whatever a long ass like every time we go past 30 minutes into the 40 minute realm mm-hmm. there will be those little cutoffs like oh i'm sorry what did you say i was like, i didn't it it does that i'm just saying okay all right saying. all right one well, trick that that helps turn off the video okay if you okay. don't need the video that's something that i really realize really works audio is superb once you turn off the video you will not have that problem i so, see okay okay that's okay. that's a really good trick all right okay i'm here to help I'm here um to help. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate the help and because you are, you are seasoned, you know, podcaster. Oh, stop. I mean, come on. Like 150 plus podcast under your belt. That must be like, you know, that must be something. Uh, I seriously did not think I'd get this far. Like really like looking back at it, all I, all I ever kept as a motivation is like, okay, just do one and then do the other one. <laughs> And then see how far this goes. Just keep, just keep repeating. Just do one. No yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Why did you start? Um, wow. I it actually came from a very, very dark place, if you will. Uh, I told this story before, but uh, it's you, and you know, you know, you're my friend, and I love you, my brother, and I love you. Um, the thing is, it started from actually looking deep within, having a really bad day. And having a really bad week and having a really bad year. And um, it was a point where um, I was dealing with a lot of, um, how can I say it, Uh, insecurity and Mm -hmm. um, uh, self-assessment, if you will for the longest time and you know this you know i've always gone around like you know being like you know hey what's up awesomeness this like life is beautiful and great and kumbaya and there's no there's no bad days it's like come on guys let's just go run around and just like jump into the prairies and everything is great and at some point you have to call yourself out on your own bs and realize when you are just putting a facade and you're not admitting to yourself that things are not going so well you know Maybe you're working too hard. Maybe you're not, you know, present enough for your wife or your kids. Maybe you are depressed. Maybe you are missing home. Maybe you are maybe on taking on too much debt. Maybe you, you know, probably should have waited a few things, you know, making some, you know, some career moves and stuff. Maybe you're taking on too much and that's okay. But you don't know that when you're just hmm. keeping your head above the water and kept telling yourself that, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm fine. So eventually what happens, basically, long story short, I was working at this job, got fired. um, And then my son was born. So it was just a lot of paternity leave sitting around at home. And, you know, having grown up, as you know, being, you know, Caribbean with all that identity of the male identity of being the leader, the provider, the warrior, the rock, you know, le potomitan. You know, like there's no, there's no such thing as being down. There's no such thing as being frail. There's no such, how dare you? 
I wasn't mm-hmm. raised to feel this way. I wasn't raised to question how I feel. No one, my father didn't ask me, how do you feel? I love my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but find me a Haitian dad ever sitting down with his son like, son, how does this make you feel? What is your internal, what is your internal dialogue saying? What is, let us wake up with self-affirmations. We need positive affirmations. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Get over it. So I had to re-engineer myself. It's a long ass answer to a very powerful question. Um, But eventually what happened is that's like, I realized that after dealing with a lot of depression and sitting around with the baby, just me, myself and the baby in an empty house, I'm sitting myself. I'm like, I can't be the only person going through this as a man, as a father, as a husband. And you know what? I used to write, I used to blog, I used to do. And there's a lot. I also realized how much I closed myself off from the world taking on the responsibilities of the father, employee, husband, and all that jazz. And eventually I forgot myself. And that's where I basically I interpreted as falling asleep. I was asleep, you know, just going mm. through the motions. And that's where I, I realized that I need to wake up. That's why I called it Awaken the Awesome. That's why Ooh. basically it was my own journey of waking up. You need to get up. You need to take a shower you need to take your health back in check you need to take your marriage back in check you need to take your parenting back in check you need to take your mental health back in check if that's even a thing you know you need to take your identity back in check you know Mm -hmm. and if i'm going to be this not even as an example because i'm learning myself i'm reconstructing myself i'm like you know what this is going to be my journey and this is why i opened up even the first episodes i'm like i'm learning this with you guys along the way I don't have all the mm-hmm. answers, but if you're willing to walk with me, let's see what we can learn along the way. Let's see who we mm-hmm. can meet along the way. Let's see who mm-hmm. we can learn from along the way. Long ass answer. I'm sorry. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And and when you were talking about, you know, the Caribbean father, I was, I was laughing, but that's a Caribbean thing too, too. When those very profound things are being said, because we've been ingrained to hear them. The only thing that you can do when you see them is just laugh. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it is sad that as, as Haitian men, we grew up with, I don't want to say all of us, but you know, many of us share mm-hmm. the same experience of, of when was the last time or <laughs> the only time that your father sat down with you and asked you, how do you feel? Right. It's it's, and that's, that, that's the reason why I laugh about it. But I think, and, and it's funny because even in your own answer, we all do the same thing. We haven't received those things yet. Nope. We still love our parents. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's mind blowing, right? It's, it's like, I, I didn't, I didn't have that. My, my father didn't see, sit me down to ask me how you feel or how it is and have self-affirmation. But within that answer, we still have that little bracket, but I love them. It's crazy. Like, so my, my, question to myself because it's something that i've experienced too as well is like do we feel the need to say that we love them as a we forgive them or do we see that they didn't have the tools to provide that empathic empathetic way of of loving like why do you think we we still say that little bracket right i believe and it's only hindsight that allows you, again, if you're willing to walk the journey of, you know, finding out the layers, peeling away the layers of your own BS and looking at what got you here, because we are all the product of the decisions 
the conditioning, the environment, the exposure, and the culture of all these experiences that got us here. So we always have to look within, but also we have to look from the outside in. So what I mean is that when I look at my father, when I look at my parents, as much as I could blame them for a mm-hmm. lot of things that I could possibly say that, because a lot of a lot of children, a lot of offspring are probably going to say, this is how they fucked me up. This is how they fucked me up. This is the blame is easy. But when you put yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. in their context, in their particular environment, all right, Haiti, third world country, meager resources, the best of education, you know, some of us came from our, our, our children of lawyers and engineers and doctors and businessmen and stuff, but we're all parents growing up in Haiti. Let's not lie to each other. You know, yeah. like, yeah. listen, I say this very openly. I say this sometimes to my wife, like, do you realize that I was, I couldn't drive yet, but I knew how to use a firearm because my hmm. father was often out into the fields, traveling and everything. He couldn't be home to protect his wife and kids. But yeah. I had to learn to. Yeah. So that is a reality I hope I never have to teach my own son. Mm-hmm. Right. But I have to take that step back and understand that you, they did the best they could with what they have, with what they knew. Yes. So you can't condemn them if you do not have the audacity or the empathy to look at things from their perspective. Yes. I did a live recently because uh, I was dealing with a lot of openness. And one of the challenges was, um, was uh, to slay your own demons as well, as, as, mm-hmm. as it was called. And I made a live about, you know, forgiving myself, but also my mom for being so hard on me for school because I had a lot of trouble, like, you know, leading up, you know, to high school and stuff. Um, so it was a very big uh, point of contention between the two of us because I'm the child of high overachievers. Yeah. And uh, for the longest time, I carried that weight. And, you know, I blamed, you know, her a lot because we fought a lot uh, with mm-hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to take a really long step back to actually realize like, yo, how can you blame a mother for wanting the best for her son? How can you blame a mother from knowing what the power of an academic achievement can bring you the doors that it can open to know what it's like to grow up into a third world country to open up doors for you to what that what that can do in terms of limitation, how people look down on you for not achieving scholastically. How can you look down? How can you be mad at her for just wanting the best for her son? You have kids now. So to answer your question, that comes from the fact that, you know what? It was tough, but we understand if you're willing to open your heart and open your mind to the perspective and the empathy, you understand that they did the best they could. Again, some parents should not have kids because there is we've had physical abuse. We've had child molestation. There are horrible things that we can speak of. But as a whole. From my own perspective, my own experience, Haitian parents, Caribbean parents, as tough as they are, have in the best way they could and they knew how to armed us for this thing called life. And for yes. that, we can only be grateful. That's my two yes. cents. Amazing. That's beautiful. I mean, my mom's going to listen to this and she's going to say, see, why can't you be like that? Thank you so much for the standard, man. I like it. You know, that's something that our parents, especially Haitian parents, they do always, right? Why can't you be like them? Why can't you be like that? They are doing this. Why can't you do like that? For sure. For sure. (laughs) It it happens. You have to, you have to take it in, but you know what? 
again, you can't let the ego, you know, cloud your judgment. And I'm yes. speaking from patience. I'm speaking from a lot of, again, open conversation, because if you're not willing to deconstruct what got you here, because we're not mm -hmm. perfect and we have to understand we were troublemakers growing up. <laughs> so there's a lot of speak, that in speak there. for you, man. Don't, don't spill things <laughs> about me. Don't spill my tea. You know, like I so, know, I know. I know you have receipts and I do too. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we were oh. troublemakers, mm -hmm. troublemakers. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good way to put it. And, and I'm going to leave it at that because that's for sure. That, for sure. Whatever, let's just leave it whatever there. picture, whatever picture people want to have in their mind. Let's, let's leave it at that. It. Let's leave it at that. Right. Um, I like the, the level of truth because you mentioned that you were mr awesome right and you're mm -hmm. still mr awesome right mm -hmm. like like and then you you exude we we go way back i've known you we like you were, 50, you were 15 years old it's been we 25 back, years it's been 25 years since i've known you and you have always exuded a level of confidence right like your stature you're quite tall you you, you command a room right and and you were mr awesome but there's there's a level of truth that you had to dig deep to be like you have to cut the bs right like mm -hmm. open it and then and then just just what what sense of freedom comes from that truth it is um very um it takes a lot of accountability um it takes a lot of um vulnerability but the freedom itself is you can't define it because it's something that is both so rewarding, but incredibly frightening at the same time, because see, you just push it. You just put it forward. I wear that as my calling card. I'm always, I've always been the person that, you know what you just, and I'm not saying this as, you know, in terms of pretentious whatsoever, you just say my name. Like, oh yeah. Are you just coming to the party? Oh, damn. It's like, Oh, can't, can't. He's, he really? It's like, you know, Ali's coming over. It's like, no doubt. But at some point, you know, it that comes with a lot of pride. That comes with a lot of heartwarming, you know, feeling. Mm -hmm. I, I love everybody. But also when you have to pull on the brakes and realize that you can't be everything to everyone all the time because your cup, your cup runneth empty. And this is something I've learned, my own affirmation. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah, I like Affection that. Affection doesn't run on credit. Because at some point you got to pay it back. And when you don't have it, it eats you up, you know? And I had to really take a very severe inventory into how I was doing. Mm -hmm. I still see myself at some point. I was working um, a very high corporate job at some point. And, you know, things were, you know, heavy both at work. Things were heavy at home because, hey, you're giving 150% at work. So you're drained. Then you come home to a wife who spent the entire day with a baby. So the wife is asking you like, okay, it's like, listen, I've been at home with this baby. So now you want to lash out because, Hey, she doesn't understand what you're dealing with, but you're not understand what she's dealing with because she's at home with, or you home with a baby. And then now, okay. So you're trying to give here, but also you just want the world to shut up, but Hey, you know, you got to eat and you're tired and you want to go to the gym but you're not putting into the gym and now you just want to read, but you can't read. You want to go out to your friends, but now you have a bit, you're all over the place, but you're yeah. smiling. Yeah. 
and yeah. everything is fine and everything mm-hmm. is great and there's no problem at all and everything is awesome <laughs> and i had to take a step back i remember i had to pick up a phone because the company i work for um had a um, employee assistance program and i never thought that i would be making that call i made the call and i spoke to a social worker about you know overwhelm and uh, family dynamics and work-life balance and stress it took me at least six to eight calls to actually speak to someone and it would go it would be between i would take appointments on my lunch break i would take appointments between work and home and Mm -hmm. i would even tell my wife like no i'm I'm taking this business call because i was ashamed to admit to my wife to admit to my friends admit to myself that i need help i don't know how to deal with this and maybe i need someone from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. to tell me things that i probably don't want to hear it was heavy and I still remember her. She told me, is it possible that you're taking on too much? Wow. Is it possible that you're taking on too much without knowing what I do for, for a living whatsoever? She's just like, it was very, you know, she put everything very objectively in a box. Okay, mm-hmm. let's list out all the things that stress you out, you know, not sleeping well, not eating well. You're not present for your wife. You're not present for your kids. You're not present. You know, you're always taking your girl to the daycare. You're going to you're going to work. You're trying to get to go to go go to the gym. You're trying to take on this thing. You're trying to create this. Are you, is it possible you're taking on too much? Yeah. And I'm like, oh damn. But I'm Mister Awesome. <laughs> but I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to, I tell people all the time, you're supposed to get it over. There's no problems. Like, you know, just, just do this. Not a problem. Let's go. Like, you know, you can do this. You can do this. Um, what happens when you can't, mm-hmm. what happens when your batteries are drained? What happens when you just have had too much? What happens when you are tapped out? Yes. Yeah. You have to let go of the steering wheel. And I had to, before bearing myself to the world, I had to admit that to myself. That was hard. And then I realized mm-hmm. that, you know what, there's no shame because it, I'm not saying this condescendingly, but it's just like the world doesn't care. The people that matter will show up for you. Yeah. The people that don't matter, well, good on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's good. And you learn to water stuff down and to prune out the unnecessary. Yeah. And that's that's beautiful. That's what that's happened. beautiful. And and there's so many, there's so many like intersection in there, like that segue that we can go to. Um, I wanted to touch on, on when you, when you talked about, you know, being present for, for your partner, being present mm-hmm. for your wife and what is your role as you go through that process of thinking about, are you taking on too much? What is your role as a father? Oh, um, first of all, you are not, I say this to all dad. That's a, that's a cause I've taken on very personally over the past couple of years not just via the podcast, but also a lot of relationships I've done online. I've done a lot of men's groups, a lot of men's support groups, especially for black, uh, black men, black Caribbean men, because I realize it's a conversation that, you know, our culture, our compadres, as I call them, need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for myself, I see myself, I am not mom 2.0, as in I am not here to do my wife's job, but I'm here to provide, create and facilitate the best circumstances for my wife to do the best she can in her role as a mother. So I'm not here to breastfeed, but 
if there's something that I can do, like busy, like, you know, my, my wife and I, my wife can uh, breastfeed because uh, for so many reasons, but yeah, you know, so, so basically I used to prepare formula. I used to go out to the pharmacy, buy, buy the necessary milk. Um, we used to do the laundry for the kids, just like make the laundry available, you know, for spit ups, you know, um, even mm -hmm. though I was working long ass days, I told my wife, like, you know what, I'm taking night shifts. Cause I used to work night shifts back in the past life. So I can, I can get off on very little sleep. So I'm like, you know what? I know I'm not home during the day, but you know what? You rest and I'll take care of the baby during the night. So the baby would wake up. I got bottles. I'm in the baby room. I'm in the basement, you know, playing video games and just like, you just chill. My role as a father and a husband is to provide as much of, you know, uh, safety, security, leadership, you know, wisdom, patience, honesty, you know, listening and ear to listen to for both my wife and my kids. Sometimes, you know, you have to admit to yourself, being a parent is hard. I don't want to curse <laughs> on your podcast, but no, 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 no. go ahead, man. Being go a parent ahead. is fucking hard. And it's a, Louder it's a truth. For people in the back. <laughs> it's a truth. It's an uncomfortable truth that a lot of people, new parents, old parents, you know, even traditionally speaking, refuse to admit to yourself. And yes. I'm here to actually, again, peel those layers off. Being a parent is fucking hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is not easy. Every child is different. Every spouse is different. And you have no idea what that does to you physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, because let's know this, like, you know, this, like we grew up like, like you know, on by black men, pas problem, Ridgewood, problem, forest hill, pas problem. The second you have kids, oh, what happened to Olivier Engagin? We don't see Olivier Engagin anymore. Like what's, what, what happens? Like, well, yeah. they had kids. Yeah. And that is also something you have to accept. Your life will change. And mm -hmm for the significant other be present for your spouse you have to also bring back bring the reality home like listen you need some time for yourself we are you know conversations that you should i encourage people to listen to this you need time for yourself you were a person before you were a parent you were a person before you were a spouse even as a couple you guys also need to create space for each other you can't just be always be talking about school the kids the diapers the food school clothes boots uh no you also need yeah. to create that space whether it's just putting them to bed and going and watch a movie in the basement or in, or in the kitchen whatsoever even on your phone on netflix you need to create time for each other yeah otherwise that creates distance because these devices are taking over your lives these devices are taking over your time they're taking over your attention and if netflix is getting your attention that's an attention that your spouse is not getting i'm not saying yeah. this to be coy i'm saying this because it's a reality a lot yeah, of people yeah. do not learn how to connect anymore that is my role to actually bring this back because i can't change the person but i can only bring the best of myself in the best way i know how yeah yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful like you know, you were talking about <laughs> that being a parent changes you like mentally and physically. And both you and I, we are spotting a lot of gray in our beard right now. In our, Did you notice? In our head. <laughs> oh my God. We are, oh. we are spotting, we are spotting like, you know, some gray in there. And, Salt and, and pepper. And... <laughs> we should start a group, like a remix or something, you know? <laughs> um, and and I recently turned 40 and we are in the same, we are of the same generation. My man, 4 -0. And then you, you just, you just turned 40. And, and yes, all, I can, all I, all I, a lot of, I've been thinking about while you were speaking is how much wisdom there is in, in what you're saying. Um, um, and, and I think going through everything that you went through and the, 
the real awakening that you've been that you had really put you as the true Mr. Awesome. Like now you are awesome because you oh, yeah. you em- you embraced the fact that you cannot pour from an empty glass. So mm-hmm. you had to to find somewhere to resource yourself and to 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 kind of embrace the new reality that you are going through mm-hmm. with your with your wife and kids. So with that wisdom, what is like, how is the new age treating you? How is 40 treating you? Um, I can pick that apart in so many ways. Um, but in all reality, you have to, first of all, I am filled. I know this sounds really cheesy, but I am filled with so much gratitude. So mm. much gratitude for every single experience, every single obstacle every single failure every single you know opportunity every single privilege um as basic and i'm telling this again from a third world perspective something as basic as running water yes okay? just be able to yes. walk over with a glass yes. open the tap grab a glass of water drink from the yes. tap yes and just like yes. you know what go about my day or something yes. as simple as hey you know again Haitian perspective. You know how many times I forget my keys in the door? <laughs> like, again, I come home, pick up the groceries, kids go in. Okay, not a problem. And then, you know, just, you know, just put on my PJs. You're about to tuck in for the night. Like, where are my keys? And I go back out and I realize, wow, they're under the door. They're on the door. So yeah. that person could have probably, you know, I live in a good neighborhood where yeah. I don't have to worry about someone stealing my keys and walking away with my car yeah. or something as basic as, you know what? being grateful for the relationships that you had, people like you, Coralie, you know, Basla, you know, my <laughs> wife, my kids, you know, they're not perfect. They massacre my Saturday mornings, but I have two kids who are healthy, who are not walking with crooked feet or respirators, or I have to go do weekends at the hospital, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not macking like, I don't know, Jeff Bezos, but is that really my purpose in life? But a lot of perspective, the new age gives me a lot of perspective and gives me so much to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, and for me, it's been a really big thing. Also, understanding that, and I hope people hear this because this is very important. um, Understanding that relationships, the people you keep around you are incredibly important. But also, not everybody that starts a journey with you is supposed to continue with you or end up wherever you're going. Everyone has their own journey. And people are deathly afraid to admit that to themselves, that whether certain friendships, relationships, and I'm talking either family relatives, like blood relatives, to colleagues, to friends that you had for like 10 years, you also have to also take into account that where you are right now, are we at that same crossroads? Are we on that same path? And if that's not, if the answer is no, you need to be honest with yourself. You bear no one, no ill will, but you need to understand that. And a lot of people are going to give me flack for this, but certain relationships, habits, and practices no longer serve you. I'm not yeah. just talking about your food. I'm not talking. I'm also talking about your thoughts, the shows that you watch, the stuff that you read, the place that you go, the people you hang out with. You need to take ownership and a good audit of that and understand where you are and where you're going. So that's yeah. where I am, honestly and truthfully. That's where I am right now. I, I love I love the piece about gratitude, knowing where we 
where we come from and and being grateful for you know tap water and not Dude. and not not expect that kamep will send water after Dude. like five months of no Dude. water and and a right. bill um speaking of which mm. we cannot connect here without asking really how you are feeling you know about the recent events that happened in haiti over the weekend mm-hmm. with the earthquake that happened um you know it, how are you doing how, how are you feeling uh, within everything that we talked about here but you know a little checking into the the human uh um and and the haitian in you right I appreciate how are it, you man. feeling i appreciate it um it's uh it was quite rough uh to wake up to that um again the beauty of connection right because again you just pop up your phone and everybody's all over the place um i'm good i'm good uh thank god uh, my family's okay my father uh, so far in haiti i've got uh, my father my mother uh, my sister and her husband and my nephew uh so mm-hmm. they're all uh, located uh, in tomasin uh but you know everybody felt the shake but uh they're not in the, the particular southern area where most of the damage happened um but mm-hmm. um, obviously for me there's also that sense of yes gratitude that they're okay but also that that dread and if not to say anger of the fact that our country just cannot catch a break mm-hmm. and you know it's that particular feeling of being such an emotional sponge if you will because i think back at the 2010 earthquake and i think about yeah. the mental ramifications of that because my sister was in the citibank building when it happened my mother was downtown and it was like it was it's very raw right now mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when you think about what could have happened to people that we lost obviously So was for something that happened again especially with the political turmoil, uh, the recent assassination and the insecurity and everything. It's been a wild ride this year yeah. and not to top it all off. You're like foot monsieur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. Bam la pamen. it's it's heavy but i'm good um Mm -hmm. it's uh it's something that we can only pray for trying to find some kind of uh uh, respite if you will but there's also that feeling of powerlessness of being abroad but what else can you do aside from being the haitian voice not the cnn voice for the colleagues Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's gonna happen yeah and and that that's something that i find you know it's can it's part of the exhaustion as well is the fact that and part of me understands that when people try to reach out people at least right now i can understand that people are trying to you know their heart goes out to you so mm-hmm. so i take it as you know i appreciate it and then i've had the, like kind of like a standardized answer yeah. that i kind of like craft in my mind in, on saturday to be like this is how i'm going to i'm going to answer whether it's a close friend or whether it's someone that haven't spoke to me like in eight months. And then all of a sudden, Oh, I remember I have an Haitian guy that I know. So let me, let me just put a text. And, and before like 2010, me, that's like 11 years ago, I was like, you know, 29, 30, it would be like, I'm angry. I am angry. And, and not only the fact that, you know, in that earthquake, well, as you mentioned that a, a lot of, there was a lot more people that were affected. And also we, we lost a lot of, people myself personally and a lot of people that we know right like mm-hmm. so so we, we were affected and not to say that right now we are not affected but this time kind of it's like a wound that's been like repoked right yeah. and then it's kind of like a with the level of privilege that we are where we are we can say oh it's a test of 
the trauma, like mm-hmm. where I'm at, like it's kind of a check-in, but for people that are in Haiti, it's pretty, pretty tough. Like it's super, super tough. But on my end, it was like, you know, I will give everyone the benefits of the doubt that you are checking in and then you want the best. You are not weaponizing this against the Haitian people. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we see sometimes is that is that those images become and then they will keep on telling you or telling us that we are the poorest countries in the Americas. Even Mm -hmm. though us as Haitian, we mention those things, but we don't mention in the same breath as Mm -hmm. what people are saying, the the, the CNN or even the the folks at our job that are like, hey, what up? Once again, hey, Haiti. Haiti." And you're like, what do you mean once again, Haiti, right? Because like natural disasters happen. Like right now I'm in British Columbia and and there's like wildfires. wildfires for the last five years, we've had wildfires back in the over and over and over again. But not a lot of people are saying like, oh my God, wildfires again, those people are cursed. But when it happens to us, all for of a reason. sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, we That's are the calling card. And, and, and then you're like, you're like, well, you don't have my best interests at heart. And even in the midst of all that, I still put it on myself and be like, you know what? I'm going to give people the benefits of the doubt and be like, it's like, I appreciate the support. I appreciate it. And then because I realize that we cannot convince anyone and I'm not Mm -hmm. in the convincing business. Maybe that's part of like being 40. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to convince you. I don't need to, to dig deep into your, your deep intentions. I have the option to disconnect. Mm -hmm. I can disconnect. I can go and do about my business. And then the people that, matter will be the one that i have to you know pick up and and give a little bit of 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 support like be a shoulder for them to lean on if i have the capacity right you can't be but it, it is it is exhausting it's exhausting, it is exhausting. And you can't be in that push and pull relationship in regards to how you how you transmit that information because again we are not you know the Okay, it's kind of a dumb example. We are not the Jesse Jacksons, if you will, of Haiti. Like, mm-hmm. Always trying to be the face of like, you know, because that's the thing, especially, and I say this very openly, growing up in Quebec, there is a very particular image that the Quebecer has of Haitian, right? right? And it always nerves me every time I see, you know, news outlets, I won't name them, but they will go <laughs> in the same neighborhoods, in the same particular very well-known Haitian shops or you know yeah, little yeah. you know kitchenettes or whatsoever yeah. and they're going to talk to people coming out it's like those are the best Haitians you can find to talk about the situation it's like yeah. really yeah and yeah, yeah. again like you said benefit of the doubt and it's like you don't need to consistently like picking out the same people the same people the same people that's right. like I I've gone I've become used to being the, the token Haitian but you know what mm-hmm. you very much need to take a step back like the smarter ones not to put anybody on the spot but we need to be you i our generation going forward and at least that's the effort i would like us to make Mm -hmm. is to try to dis not disconnect but recognize these triggers these moments of genuine frustration and genuine Mm -hmm. exhaustion and tell ourselves again I have to be the new chapter, the new voice where I am allowing a different level of communication to someone who ignores. And I really mean ignorance is, again, not a condemnation. You know, ignorance sometimes is like pure, pure. Look, listen, I just don't know. I have friends like that at work who just don't know. And they're just like genuinely curious. Like, okay, so 
do, are there hospitals there? Are, are mm-hmm. there like what's public transportation like? Oh, really? So yeah. your mother's a doctor, but really there's yeah there are a lot of doctors oh really it's like okay yeah. so, huh, so you, it's like, really there it's like how many airports are there so you do you see that in their face some people are really just discriminate and there are people who are just curious and you need to yes. have the patience to just okay yeah. let me let me go through the haitian yeah. history again <laughs> and and but one thing one thing i need one thing i i can i can emphasize as well is that you have the right not to engage yes you can you have the right to to like not delegate, but be like, hey, it is not my job to educate you at this present moment. And, and it's fine. And then, and then maybe another time, maybe in a year or two, I'll be more like disposed to, to help or to, to, to educate you or to guide you through it or to invite you in my family for you to see like, you know, how, like how we do things or mm-hmm. how one Haitian family does things things but you know it's 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 more of a of, of understanding your capacity to take on new challenges to like mm-hmm. educate people right mm-hmm. um and of course for people listening um i will make sure that i know some people are sometimes wondering like you know what should what can they do right that like okay well can they donate can do they have some local organization that they can support and i will mm-hmm. make sure to have to have all that available in the show notes and also on, on Instagram for some mm-hmm. people to, to kind of like, you know, do whatever they can. Right. And that, that's the thing. It's a, there's a feeling of powerlessness that we have when something like that happened, when an earthquake happens, especially for us Haitians that are abroad, we're like, okay, well, what can I do to help? What can I do to, mm-hmm. to, to, and, 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 and so local organizations, we learn this from, hurricane gordon in 1994 but some people learned it in like earthquake 2010 mm-hmm. right but but you know we learned that there's some organizations that you do not <laughs> you do not nope. mingle with don't. because they don't have they, they just pop in when there's a new new uh, um natural natural disaster but and we know better hope, now. you know hopefully that you know your family and and people listening um if they have if they have families there um you know that they can understand that some people can be re-traumatized some people mm-hmm. can can have some some major triggers um that have happened um and and that they can provide support that they can listen that they can give them a way for them to deal with with their with their their traumas um and, and their ways to to you know navigate that that news that new reality that we have to deal with with the it's pandemic earthquake time. and then tropical storm coming on as we're speaking right now uh, um, on the south so so it's a lot it's a lot to take so the exhaustion can can um it's very real it's very is real. understandable for sure um you know we we touched on a lot of things and and as i remember things that you were saying in talking about understanding our limitations you use some like language that is akin to managing yourself as you would manage a business. Mm-hmm. And, and as we are Haitians, we know tons of Olivier's and one Olivier that is my, that is my good friend, another one. We could do an entire like season on my podcast on all the Olivier's and we would not run out of Olivier's for like 50 episodes. For sure. That would be easy. Okay. But one of them, 
um, I remember back in like 2004 in a bus in Montreal, he's like, dude, you need to know yourself like a good business. So you need to know your strength and your limitation. And at that point, I was like, dude, you're, is it because you're studying business that you think everything is about business? Mm -hmm. But you kind of like mentioned that of like understanding your, your limits and, and knowing when to, when to accept that it is too much. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would like to make a segue to this year's Olympics when Simon Biles, the, the greatest of all time gymnast, mm -hmm. my greatest of all time gymnast, um, and, and also Naomi Osaka, who's half Haitian, um, decided to, to take a stand and for their mental health and, and, and decide, you know what, they recognizing a moment that is too much and say, this is too much and I'm going to do something about it. What, what, mm -hmm. what, how, how did you process those news? I thought when, when you, for having been um, really getting myself involved into the importance, especially for men, as I mentioned, uh, to recognize and be a hell of a lot more honest in regards to their struggles with mental health. Um, I've also understood through a lot of reading and a lot of uh, documents that I've read. And of course, in my own experience, again, Caribbean, men don't talk. Men don't talk, men don't open up. You don't, you just don't do that. You just brush it off as, you know, I'll be okay. So mm -hmm. when I saw that on the grandest athletic stage in your life, this is what you train for. This is what, and again, um, and my wife was even asking this, we're just going to take Simone Biles as an example. You have medals. You've won medals. You are the definition. You are the end all and be all what every gymnast right now aspires to be. You've shown what can be done and you've actually like, you know, disproved what a lot of people said could not be done. You yeah. are by far the greatest athlete, like the greatest gymnast, like of all time. Like it does not even compare. And yeah. you, that again, celebrity, fame, and again, um, you know this from having watched probably uh, Michael Jordan's The Last, uh, the, uh, the, the Last Dance. The Last Dance. You recognize for champions, athletes like the Kobe's of the world, the Jordans of the world, you know, there is a method to the madness. You have to have mm -hmm. a certain level of insatiable crazy and insanity to understand what fuels a champion. And having spoken and interviewed to a lot of them, you understand, you, you, you have to hear them talk about it. Losing sleep, losing parties, losing relationships, losing, you know, just putting everything aside for this one goal. And here you are on the grandest stage of them all. And you're realizing to yourself for your own ego, for your own achievement, for your team, for the world, for your country and for your family, for everything. You have to chip all that away and realize that, you know what? This is going to cost me a bigger price than I'm willing to pay. And I'm going hmm. to bow out. That takes tremendous courage. That takes tremendous knowledge of self. And it takes yes. acceptance that, you know what? I'm probably going to get flack for this. This is not going to go well. This is going to eat me alive because this, is a, a, the, this goes against my own conditioning. But this is something that I need for me. And these ladies did it in a very admirable and honorable and dignified fashion. They were, again, there were two camps. Yay, go! And then, <laughs> really? You really just going to get over it? Like, really? You had to, like, dude, really? you understand that at the end of the day, there are no wrong choices, save for, again, stealing from someone's pocket, killing someone, giving someone harm, but there are only choices that you can live with. 
Mm -hmm. And that is why I applaud them. And this will go down as one of the examples and making it okay, shedding the light yet again, because it's not nice to each other. You know, you've read a lot of documentation, like, like all the underbellies that goes on, and especially United States gymnasts, uh, the gymnastics program, especially for the girls. Yes. So let's not leave that aside. So we don't know what kind of trauma she went, just even leading up to that. But you mm -hmm. know what? This is her taking a stand, letting people know that, you know what? I'm Simone Biles and I'm dealing with mental health and it's okay. Yes. So that makes it okay for someone else who's going to make it okay for someone else who's going to make it okay for someone else. How the, yeah. how the, the Olympic body went about it in regards to whether championing her whatsoever, but a, a lot of people, you know, myself included, supported her. And same thing for now, Miss Osaka. It was a very courageous thing to do to actually say like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in this tournament. Yeah, I signed up. But you know what? Uh, this is too much for me right now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going to bow out. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. That's and totally there's, okay. some, there's, there's something to be said too about the fact that we as public think there is only one way to be a champion. There is only mm -hmm. one way to, you know, I, I admire Michael Jordan. My first episode was about Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I admire the, I admire the guy, but for a very long time, we've been fed that the only way for you to reach the mountaintop and to achieve is to block everything off, is to create kind of like a mad obsessive way and to make every level of sacrifice possible for you to reach mm -hmm. that mountaintop. Mm -hmm. And what I like with Simon Biles, Naomi Osaka, LeBron James, it's kind of like they are redefining the, wait a second, there is an other way to do those type of things. Mm -hmm. There is an other way to be a champion. There is another way to be awesome. There is another way. And, 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 and that way is also something that you sacrifice, but you sacrifice other people's expectations. Mm -hmm. And then you put yourself first mm -hmm. and, and, and you redefine the way that we used to see things like Simon Biles redefined the way that we see gymnasts. There's a bunch of other black women athletes and gymnasts that have redefined the way that we see gymnasts, especially in terms of like body appearances and, mm -hmm. and, and physicality, mm -hmm. right? Same thing on the tennis side, when we're talking about Serena Williams, they redefine that and they like, no, the way to be a champion is to owning what you can do, mm -hmm. what you are and be yourself, be right? So your I, I best self, be your right. best self, not just your coach's best self, your parents' best self, you know, and this is an every factor, not just to athletics, not just to, you know, anything, every single facet of your life, you That's have right. to define what that that achievement looks like for you and you need to own that there yeah. will be sacrifices there will be things that you will have to give up there will be opportunities that you will have to look away just to get to that end goal but you also understand that okay what is the price you're willing to pay mm -hmm. and understand that is it your expectation of yourself or is it someone else's once that becomes someone else's you need to question like is that validation enough for you to sacrifice mm -hmm. your own well-being and these relationships and the list that we actually went through. But you need to define that for yourself and you need to own it. And that's scary Wonderful. for some people because sometimes you need to, again, you know what, going back to the Haitian upbringing, you know, I have to be first. I have to be first. Otherwise, I'm going to come home. I'm going to get belted. I have to be <laughs> first. I have to be first. I have to be first. You know this. 
kid oh, comes up, Kim, Kim's come kid comes home with a third being third. He has a 9.10, but he's third and he's still going to get the bill because yeah. he wasn't first. And, and that, that creates some high level of expectation. And also it's, makes us see that we have to be perfect there's no small steps right there's no like it's either you're good or you're not right as opposed to you can take that first step to get closer and closer and closer approximation right and even in the way that they teach us in haiti right like it's very much i remember when i moved to quebec after um grade 11 or 12 um in haiti and mathematics the way that they teach us sometimes in haiti is that here's the formula apply it right Mm -hmm. and there was a shift of the way that that they were teaching us at in cegep or in college in quebec where it was it was like you have small increments of trial and error and then you can extract from that trial and error, some sort of a formula that is closer. And we're talking about mathematics, like, yes, mm-hmm. there's, there's clear cut formulas, but we are progressing towards you finding it out as opposed to me telling you, this is the way it is. You apply it and just oh, shut up. It's right. So true. And, and, and a lot of Haitian like colleagues or condisciples, I don't know, like how we say that classmates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Classmates, a lot of Haitian classmates that moved from Haiti with me to Montreal had trouble with that. And they were, they would, they would really headbutt with the teacher or be like, this is not the way we do it. We do it that way. And, and, and me, I I saw a little bit of a, of an opportunity to learn another skill or Mm -hmm. to extrapolate that skill into, into life. There's, there's no one that's going to come and tell you, this is the way you'll be a parent. You execute it. That's not the way it works. It doesn't work right? that way. It doesn't work that way. Like, like you, you go day by day and then you extract something that works for the, for the two weeks that you have a newborn. And then after that, they change and you have to go back to the drawing board. So I feel like that, that, that created our, our education, although very, very good, created some false sense of like, there is just this way to do it. And don't you dare like you a know, very okay. rigid, a very rigid perspective of mm-hmm. the circumstances that life will bring forward. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It that's was, right. It's, that's it's, right. I'm happy you brought that up because from my own experience, like for you, it was okay. We're going to, this was like the scholastic environment, the academic environment. I'm going to go one, one level deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. This is your show. I don't want to be too controversial, but for no, me, go ahead. it was when I realized how bigoted I was in regards to my own Haitian culture, because yes. going to Ikam, which, you know, is at mm-hmm. the doors of the Montreal gay village. Mm-hmm. It's only when I had a group project and we were talking about the, so we were talking about the social dynamics within the workplace and stuff and everything. And I brought it up as an example, like, okay, what can, what can constitute, like what can be a difficulty when you're, when you're at work or something, I'm just talking about me, right? It's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, well, you know, uh, people, LGBT people, I was like, gay people can also get like, you know, get, you know, discriminated against like teased and stuff. And dude was like, well, I'm gay. I don't get teased at work. And I was just like, okay. And it really set me back because I realized like my entire mental conditioning of stuff, see, it's just perspective, conditioning, exposure, and culture. I'm like, whoa, I'm in a new country. Mm-hmm. I'm in a new environment and it's mm-hmm. only like dealing with people and, you know, just 
just hanging around different types of people, not just Haitians. And I realized like, oh my God, there's a different culture. There's a different lifestyle. There's just like, they're just people. They just happen to be the same sex, but people are people. For me, it was a really huge humble pie. I'm like, dude, you've been bigoted all your life using very derogatory words, which I will not see on your show, but you were saying that shit like freely and openly and laughing about it. Yeah, but you're like, yeah, yeah, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're not willing to shift, if you're not willing to deconstruct what I call the Lego tower of your mind, you need to take away those pieces and reconstruct whatever fits to your own reality of now. If you're not mm-hmm. willing to break that away, you are doing yourself a disservice to experience life to its fullest. You need to look at things differently, whether through your culture, your education, how to apply a math problem, how to deal with people, how to accept people. It is something that is really worthwhile. And that's something I try to teach my kids. It's not always easy. There's no manuals, Mm -hmm. but you have to always keep that in check because there's no perfect formula. That's amazing. You kind of like read my mind because we're getting to the point of the show where, you know, we, when I'm, when I'm about to wrap up, because we touch on so many things and then you know, this, as, as, as Caribbean, we can like, if we were live, we would bring a set of dominoes and then we would be like, all right, let's eat, play dominoes. And then we continue that conversation. Bring out laugh, the bubble cool. Let's, let's make it happen. Bring out the rum, but <laughs> unfortunately, well, we have kids now. We're not there till 4 a.m. I'm sorry, bro. Like, That's something have, 40 does to you too. Like, you know, at 10.30, I'm done. I have, a, I have a general that will wake me up. Rain or shine. He goes to bed okay, but he wakes me up at 7. And I'm lucky. I will say that. 7.30, 7.45. That's when, he, that's when you like, he comes in the room to like, hey, I'm awake. And then really, I'm lucky. Wow. People, please don't hate me. But by, he will require assistance by 8.20. So I can't complain, but it's on my, it's on me. If I decide to party the night away, get home at four. And then he's like, dude, what happened to you? Like I was, I give you ample time. So, so (laughs) we're not going to be Caribbean here and then just like start going, going all all over the place. But we get to a place of the show where Mm -hmm. the show is called teach reach. Mm -hmm. And, and, and this is a, a moment of the show where, I'm always asking my guests if to, to give me two teach and one reach. And I'm going to explain what mm-hmm. that means. Two okay. teach would be two beautiful moments that have happened in the last, you know, few weeks or months or yesterday or this morning, or whatever. Two teach, beautiful moments, powerful moments. And then one reach, something that you like, I don't like that. This is a reach, like, like playing basketball. It's a reaching foul. Like, no, like, I'm sorry. That's a stretch foul, like red card, yellow card, but we call it like a reach, reach is like, like, that's not for me. Like, that's not, that's not for me. That's not acceptable. I didn't like it. I don't appreciate that. Right. Whether it was like, maybe it's a comment on a movie, like whatever it is, like mm-hmm. we just, we just wanted to teach like two, two cool moments. And then one reach of like, check yourself. Like, wow. you know, for me, um, Okay, one teach. One teach was um, it's gonna sound again really cheesy. Um, my, no, ahead, I was man. taking my kid. I was taking my kids out um, to ride their bikes because we bought them bikes. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter like picked it up like that, because uh, she, she'd been riding since last year. But my son was always very um, very babyish about it. You know, like it's so easy to just fall into the baby mode because he's five and just yeah. like oh, I don't want to ride it. I don't want to ride it. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna fall. And I really basically we went out to a Costco parking lot. 
I'm like, dude, we're here. Your sister's going to ride. Took off the training reels. You will ride until your heart's content, but we are not leaving here until you ride. I just sat on the car. I'm like, daddy's here. You're going to fall. You're wearing your helmet. You're fine. You're fine. Right. But you're going to ride. And I know this from experience, having talking to so many people at some point, you have to take the twin reels off. And the best thing I can do for him is tell him that you can do this. You will probably fall, but I will be here. All right. Mm -hmm. Took him about 45 minutes. He cried his ass off. But eventually I saw it and I saw it happening. He went maybe like a foot. And then he went three feet. And then lo and behold, around an hour, he was riding around the parking lot. There you like, go. Wow. Okay. Beautiful. Good thing my BS actually worked. <laughs> so, but for me, it was a teachable moment because at some point we can't always be our kids' guardrails. Uh, for me, uh, for me, it has to be something that you can be there for support, but you can't always be their parachute. Their parachute. They have to know that on this thing, this sea, this ocean called life, you just can only be, you will be the lighthouse, all right? Yeah. You will be the safe port that they come back to, but they have to go out there and face it, you know? So for me, that was, that was a really big teachable moment. Um, and then um, also another teachable moment is, uh, again, all about gratitude. Um, I've been, this past couple of months, I should say, probably, probably this past year, especially with COVID, I've been calling my mom a hell of a lot more because I've always been uh, of my of my of the three of my parents three kids I'm the middle child but I've always been that Spartan if you will I'm always out into the world and doing my thing and always deal going about the warrior's journey I'm too busy you know I'm I'm handling shit you know so <laughs> I'm doing stuff and I, and I am and that's that's how they raise me you know to just go out there drop me in the middle of the you know the sahara desert and next week you come back i've made i made friends with the bedouins you know that that's yeah, just yeah, me yeah. but right now i call my parents a hell of a lot more because i understand with the perspective of being abroad and not having the opportunity to see them or give them a hug or just go sit down and have coffee like hey mom how are you must not have been easy raising three kids on it yeah. you know with the political circumstances but you know i just want to know how you're doing you know have a good day you're going to the clinic. Okay, fine. Okay, I'll call you later. And she told me that she told me that I appreciate the fact you're calling me now. I enjoy these nice. conversations. And even at some nice. point where she taught me like, because we, we talked a lot about old jobs and talking about stuff. And, and she was like, I did not know that about you. What was going mm. on? Mom, we were fighting. I was busy <laughs> handling life. And I did not take the time to tell you. And we probably should have. So sure, I really would have liked to hear that. You know, even though I wasn't there, but I'm sorry that, you know, we couldn't talk. So for me, that was a teachable moment. Yeah. Um, and the last one is a, a reach. A reach is something that I really can't gel with. Let me see. Um, damn, that's really puts me on the spot because I love everybody. I'm just always, I always find the positive in everything. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, a reach for me, again, personal stuff. My wife and I were doing this project of trying to empty uh, a room in our house, which is basically yeah. like, you know, know that place that becomes the dumpster <laughs> for everything. So that we place. chose that place, you know, like Haitians know what I'm talking about. But the thing is, as much as I love my wife, I realize that there are limits to our level of communication and collaboration. And, you know, sometimes I'm not the nicest person, you know, don't just tell me like, yeah, we're just going to do what is the plan? Where, where is this going? Why is this still here? Let's just throw it away. There is nothing to debate. Can we just throw? 
so I have limits, even myself. I realize that even as much as I want to portray myself as the most understanding and welcoming person into the world, I have limits. And sometimes I have grown into having limits. And I acknowledge that sometimes even I can be an asshole. And you know what? I can't deal with this right now. Let me just go for a walk. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm not sure if I answered your, your reach. Oh, <laughs> brother, you answered it very well. The only, the only thing that I have personally is that I know your wife. So now I am on the spot for having you made share this about that. <laughs> she that knows. Reach. She so knows. Now, so now I expect my phone to be buzzing. She knows. And the next she thing knows. you know, I'm going to be. She trouble, knows. Right? I, we're very, because um, we, we have that relationship where we're very open great. now. It's like, I just tell that's like, right. babe, right now, this is just too much for me right now. You do you. I love you. I'm going to do, I'm going to do me right now. So that's, yeah. that's it. You have to know yeah. your limits when you're just, when you're in the toxicity is like really reaching to a point of no return, exit the premises and just go, <laughs> just go breathe, just go breathe. And it's okay. We will try this again at some later date. Yes, sir. So Olivier, you are a podcaster. Yes, sir. Where like you have the podcast Awaken the Awesome. Where can the people listen to all this gem of wisdom and oh, all you, this man. like this beautiful soul that you are where oh, can man. people find you i appreciate you man uh, thank you so much for this terrific conversation i don't know if, if i'm not sure if i've honored you like dude I'm, i'm rambling all over the place but thank you so much for this wonderful time the podcast itself shameless plugging uh main website awaken the awesome.ca uh, that's basically it's all one word.ca That's the main website. People can just pop on. There's no fluff, no must. All the episodes are there. And again, if you just don't want to go to your website, just type Awaken the Awesome on Apple Podcasts or Google whatsoever. Even Spotify, I'm all over the place. Awaken the Awesome. And for people who want to follow me, I'm also on Instagram. That's where I'm mostly active. It's ATA, short for Awaken the Awesome, ATA Podcast. So that's it. No, anybody wants to check in, that's where I am. We'll put that on all our show notes. And it's like, It's always a pleasure to kind of connect with Likewise, man. people like you. It's it's like I don't know, man. It's a I know it in French. Like I can't speak English anymore. Un boom pour l'âme. How do you, how would you translate that? <laughs> You're the guy who's more proficient in this. Oh, how would you no, it's a that? it's a pleasure and a thrill, man. It's a pleasure and a thrill. It touches the soul. Uh, you know, I appreciate you so much. You know, I'm grateful for our friendship. You know, 20 years plus, you. man. You know, even life happens. You know, you know, we lose each other from time to time. Man, c'est toujours un plaisir et un honneur. You know, to connect with you, my friend. You're doing tremendous work. You know, I congratulate you for jumping into the pool of podcasting three episodes in they have been phenomenal uh shout out to your production team you know for tremendous <laughs> tremendous you know you know execution um and i'm really not saying this lightly like you know since, since episode one you realize i called you I'm like dude what what you're putting me to shame like what what what, what is <laughs> no, this you know There's... what you know what you you mentored me i i will i will say that you you the one who has been the the one that knew that i wanted to do a podcast for the longest time um, um but the one that gave me the tools and that's something that's very specific about you is that you always address things to give people that you care about the tools for them to be successful so you you kind of like you don't you don't only give them a fish you teach them how to 
how to fish and that's important. beautiful it's important so, it would be it would be very it would be very pirate of me like you know very selfish of me not to because uh you know i just wanted to really let you know that you really really means a lot these stories that you tell the way you tell them how you bring them to life you know it really fuels me you know it was uh it's you. uh you know even you. the the episode the third episode i'm sure it was something that was very very heavy for you to do uh, i'm not putting that aside you know even i did an episode about you know a very particular chapter for legion and i i can only imagine how that was heavy for you but i want to invite everybody to go listen to episode three of teach reach it's definitely something that you know you guys definitely should experience it's, it's not just an audio experience it's that something it's an experience in itself but Thank you so I much, celebrate you, you, brother. I celebrate you and everything that you do. And I see nothing but greatness and awesomeness coming out of this, pro of this program, man. Thank you. You know, if there's anything, seeing two black guys telling positive, loving stuff about each other. I know, right? I, I, my job is done, man. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm happy with that because, because that's, that's what we can, that's the, um, this Cornet who's a beautiful singer from, from Rwanda and lived in Montreal, who said um, there's a song that he wrote to his, for his wife that's called Home, Home is by You. And he said, there's one line he said, maybe one day we'll have our little army and we'll raise them to soldier of love. And isn't the only way to change the world really to leave the next one with the heritage of love. And I feel that you're leaving me and everyone listening with the heritage of love. So thank you. Thank you so much for all the love, the wisdom, the courage, the vulnerability that you shared with us. And, and, you know, we will have to get you back. Like, you know, and I, I mean, like you are a teacher, so you come to the show whenever you want. Appreciate Anytime you need me, I'm there. You know, I'm there. Anytime. Perfect. Sweet. You can listen to Olivier's podcast, Awaken the Awesome, on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at ATA Podcast or on his blog, awakentheawesome.blogspot.com. Enjoy the ride. Kembela Palagi. Teach Reach is made by Dr. Lemstein Productions, mixing and editing by Ian Lamb. The intro and outro music is by Takoto. If you'd like to listen to the show on the regular, become a subscriber and leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify. You can find more information about our podcast at teachreach.podbean.com. Until next time, Kembi Lapalagi. Hang in there. Don't give up.